Homeward is committed to partnering with parents and equipping you with the resources you need to raise your kids to become responsible adults. And Steadfast Companies, a leading real estate investment company, is proud to partner with Homeward to bring you the following podcast presentation. What you're about to hear is a program that is geared more for parents than it is for young children. In fact, if you have any kids listening with you right now, you might want to go straight to our website at homeward.com so you can review the program on your own. When we were first married, it was we'd been married a year, and people would say, oh, yeah, but, you know, just wait. And we would say, no, but our marriage is still beautiful. And they'd be like, well, you're still newlyweds. But now that we've been married 13 years, yeah. we can say, you know, we've never had those moments where we've looked across the table from each other and yeah. said, oh, I wish I had married someone else. In fact, our relationship has gotten stronger and more beautiful. And we've been through some really challenging times in our life, but it's strengthened our marriage. And I believe that it's because we guard that relationship with Christ individually. We find our fulfillment in Him. And then when we approach each other, it's not a selfish, I need, I need you to give to me. I need you to meet all these expectations. It's saying, I'm satisfied in Christ. Now, how can I serve your life. From the studios of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family on the campus of Azusa Pacific University, graduating Difference Makers since 1899, welcome to Homeward with parenting and family expert Dr. Jim Burns. I'm Roger Marsh. In just a moment, part two of Jim's continuing conversation with author and speaker Leslie Ludy talking about God's sacred intent for every young woman. We've been talking about this theme of sexual purity for the past couple of broadcasts here on Homeward, and uh, lest you think there's a, a no method to the madness here, there definitely is. Of course, Jim's Pure Foundation series is such a helpful resource. Uh, the five books in the series plus the audio resource, the audio one alone on how to talk to your kids about sex, Jim's interviews with so many different experts in the field, it's well worth the hour of your time to listen to it. You can want ordering information on that, I'll have it for you at the end of the program. And now, here's Jim. Welcome to Homeward. I'm Jim Burns. Today's a continuing conversation with Leslie Ludy. We're talking about God's sacred intent for every young woman. She's written a great book called Set Apart Femininity. You know, women are called to live a Christian life that is more than mediocre. Men, too, by the way. Um, they're called to live a life that is set apart for God, and yet that's not an easy concept. Leslie's going to help us unpack that today. We've had a continuing conversation on this. She's a popular speaker, author of uh, several books, some great books, When God Writes Your Love Story, and Teaching True Love to a Sex at 13 Generation are two of the ones that are in my mind right now, but there are many other great books as well. Leslie and Eric have two children. They live in Colorado. Welcome back to our program. Thank you. Great to be with you. You hear from a lot of college-age young women who wonder if it's really worth going through the sacrifice of keeping you know, themselves pure mm -hmm. to end up in kind of a mediocre marriage. Right. Well, it's so ironic because if you've grown up in the church, you've heard all the abstinence messages, the purity stuff, and then you get to that age where you're getting close to the marriage age, yeah. and the same people who have always told you, if you wait, if you save your purity till marriage, it'll be so much more beautiful in marriage. You know, you'll have something better if you save this. Then those very same people say, but don't get your expectations and hopes up too high for marriage because, you know, after the honeymoon, the romance dies. And when Eric and I were first married, we heard this time and time and time again. You know, we'd had this amazing love story that God put together. And then the message from Christians in our life was, yeah, but don't, you know, don't expect marriage to be right. that great. 
you know, I know that a lot of Christian marriages are mediocre. And that's that's the sad truth that we have to look around as young women and say, you know, my parents are divorced or I see divorce all around or I see this, these unhappy marriages. How do I know that if I set my life aside and forgo the pleasures of the here and now that it's really going to be worth it? And it goes back to what I was talking about earlier of finding your fulfillment first and foremost right. in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because when two people are passionately in love with Christ and they find their needs and their fulfillment in him first, yeah. then they can truly give to each other as opposed to looking to their spouse to meet needs that yeah. only Christ was meant to and, and meet. And really, that that's your story. You talk about that in your book, Set right. Apart Femininity, that for, for you and Eric, um, you've been married, what, over 13 years? Right. And the key was making Jesus first, right. allowing Christ to fulfill your needs and not really expecting Eric to fulfill all those Exactly. Things. To approach him. I really feel, because Eric and I, after 13 years, you know, when we were first married, it was, we'd been married a year and people would say, oh yeah, but you know, just yeah. wait. And right. we would say, no, but our marriage is still beautiful. And they'd be like, well, you're still newlyweds. But now that we've been married 13 years, yeah. we can say, you know, we've never had those moments where we've looked across the table from each other and yeah. said, oh, I wish I had married someone else. Right. In fact, our relationship has gotten stronger and more beautiful. And we've been through some really challenging times in our life, but it's strengthened our marriage. And I believe that it's because we guard that relationship with Christ individually. We find our fulfillment in him and then when we approach each other it's not a selfish i need i need you to give to me i need you to meet all these expectations it's saying i'm satisfied in christ now how can i serve yeah, your life right and, and what's fascinating about is I mean, we're talking about god's sacred intent for every young woman mm-hmm. but in reality if a young woman can learn this she's going to have an easier time in her marriage right and and get to the place where she says how can i serve my husband exactly. i'm not talking about weird ways i'm just right. simply saying that one of the uh, secrets to marriage and you talk about it in, in your book is mm-hmm. that you actually try to put your husband's needs above your own. Exactly. Talk about that. Yeah. Well, we're, we're so taught as women, it's all about you. It's mm-hmm. about, you know, your needs and your wants and what, you know, what your husband's not doing. And if you approach your husband that way and nag and criticize and look at all of his shortcomings and talk about all the ways that he's falling short and being the knight in shining armor that you always wanted, well, that's going to take a marriage downhill, you know, as fast as anything. Right. But if you're radiant and fulfilled and transformed in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, you can say, my life is to serve this man and to enhance his calling and his relationship with Jesus Christ. And I find that the more I serve Eric, the more he serves me in return. So it's a very giving relationship. And that's really the secret to what makes it beautiful. If Jesus Christ is at the center and he stays at the center, then two people can draw closer together. Isn't it interesting when you say that, Leslie, because that's marriage, but it happens with young kids where they're trying to find, as we talked about earlier, their fulfillment, you know, in a guy or in a fulfillment with a guy paying attention to him. It's all about the guy and not their relationship with God. Right. And so it kind of, it's the same message in some ways. I mean, it's set apart femininity, but when we're talking about young women, but it's the same for all women. Exactly. And, and a lot of women think that the best preparation for marriage, you know, before they're married is to just go find one guy, then find the other guy and kind of try all these different yeah. guys out. And it becomes all about the guy right. as opposed to the best way you can prepare for marriage is cultivate your relationship with Christ, find your fulfillment in him alone, become right. the radiant woman of God. That's right. others focused that he called you to be. And then you'll be ready for marriage and you'll recognize the guy when he comes into your life because he'll be set apart just like you. That was a great, if it was a paragraph, or whatever. It's, a, it's the paragraph that I'm going to send on to, to, to my uh, girls. Great, great input. Oh. Now, you've identified three areas that you feel are the most common areas that, that girls struggle in, at least when it comes to uh, you know men. 
uh, physical and emotional boundaries, letting guys initiate and flirting. And I want you Mm -hmm. to comment on those. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting. Eric and I traveled and spoke for years to singles and college age and high school groups. And every time before the meeting would start, we would be there kind of, you know, getting ready and watching the kids, watching students or young people interact with each other. And there were the physical touch aspect is so huge, even just between acquaintances, guys and girls. You know, girls are jumping on guys' backs and they're tickling each other and they're rolling on the floor and they're teasing and there's so much touch going on. You know, we live in a society where it's normal to have, you know, 50 different sex partners in a year for, you know, most college girls. In fact, the whole dating world is kind of going out the window and it's all about hooking up with random strangers for sexual encounters. So when that's the standard, you know, in a Christian setting, all this playful touch and banter stuff seems like no big deal, but it opens your heart. It Mm -hmm. opens your emotions. It awakens guys' physical desires. You know, it sets a completely unhealthy environment for set apartness. And so for young women to understand that it's, it's about, First and foremost, guarding your heart, your mm-hmm. emotions, everything you are. It's physical purity is not just the edge of a cliff that you're trying not to right. fall off. You know, technically right. not have sex before marriage. Right. It's technical a technical virgin, exactly. Not just to be a technical virgin, but to set your life apart right. for that person from the inside out. Not to give your heart, not to give your emotions, and even in friendships with guys, not to just pour out everything you are, share your most intimate desires and secrets mm-hmm. with you know these random guys because that is part of what is meant to be saved for your future husband, and then that translates over into the way you physically interact with guys, that every every part of you is to be guarded for your future spouse. And I've actually had girls, single young women in my life that Christian guys, you know, accuse them of being prudish because they don't tickle and tease and flirt and give front right. hugs, you know, for right. five seconds and right. share the deepest desires of their heart with their guy right. friends. Right. But they're standing firm and saying, I want all of me to be set apart for my future yeah. husband. So it's becoming one of the few in this generation. And flirting is another thing. It's, it's, it's seen as so harmless and so innocent. But flirting is the opposite of drawing glory to Jesus Christ because you're trying to draw somebody's attention to you, your looks, your wit, your personality. And it's sort of like a game that you play. The more points that you score, the more attention right. you get from the opposite right. sex, as opposed to saying, everything that I do, you know, the New Testament says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Right. And you can't bring glory to God through flirting. You can't bring glory to God through following that pattern of drawing all eyes to yourself. No, that's a great point. And you know, if you looked at the, uh, whatever teenage magazines out there that mainly girls read, right. they, you know, how to flirt with a guy and get the guy and things like that. Exactly. I was in Mexico with my family and I was sitting there, they were doing shopping with all girls, you know, and that's <laughs> their love language and mine sitting watching people. And, <laughs> right. You know, this beautiful young woman, I'm guessing about 16 comes mm. by and uh, she has on her chest the word flirt, and it's mm. right at her breast. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's accentuating that. And then as she right. turned around, she had a very short, 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 right. and it said flirt on the on her on her bottom. Right. So I thought, and she was there. I think she was getting an ice cream or something. And I started watching even old men right. look at her. Right. And I thought she's flirting without even knowing she's flirting right. with where she has the word flirt. And exactly. you know, I, and again, you don't want to be prudish, but you know, right. she was not making a smart decision because right. I doubt if she wanted those men going where they were probably going as they were looking at this it, this woman's body. Exactly. It's so ironic because the same women who get outraged at these guys who yeah. are so perverted and, you know, don't yeah. and treat them as sex objects, they wear the clothes and they give off this sensual demeanor because in our society the only way you're you can be attractive supposedly is to be sensual. And I mentioned earlier about Audrey Hepburn, dignity and womanly grace and elegance. Yeah. There's a there's a beauty to womanhood that is mysterious, that is completely lost in our yeah. culture. We think the more trashy and loose, the more attractive. But if a woman actually guards those that, that yeah. part of who she is, she, she's more fascinating to a man. No, I, I 
agree with you. And that's why I like this in your book, Set Apart Femininity, God's Sacred Intent for Every Young Woman. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Roger's going to tell you about the book. And you know what? This is the kind of material that's going to be in that book. So I highly suggest that you read it and then hand it to your children or maybe read it together. We'll be right back. I'm Jim Burns. Highly recommend the book indeed. And as a matter of fact, when you hear Jim having a conversation with someone here on the Homeward Broadcast, it's usually because he's read the book and is really recommending it. Um, you can find these books for every Christian books are sold. Um, the reason we present them to you here is that Homeward's not here to make money off the books. We're here to give you information because we want your parenting season to be successful. Uh, we want you to improve the quality of your relationships with your kids. That's the reason why we not only have this radio and podcasting ministry, but we also do seminars, uh, parenting seminars, marriage seminars, uh, uh, how to pass your spiritual legacy onto your kids seminars, uh, our daily online devotional, which is available without cost, our weekly uh, homeward culture brief, the monthly Good Advice Parent newsletter. All of those resources are there because, as you can see, we want to be comprehensively helpful for you as a parent. Uh, we want to improve the quality of your marriage. And you can find more about our ministry at homeward.com if you can support us financially to keep on in that endeavor, to keep pressing on. We'd appreciate your financial support at homeward.com. I'm Jim Burns with today's Homeward Snapshot. Ugh, what happened to you, Tina? You hardly look like yourself this morning. Oh well, as soon as I fix my hair and put on my face, I'll look like me again. Whoever me is. Lord, who am I anyway? I think you're an exceptional student, Tina. I know you never disappoint your mother by bringing home a bad grade. You're daddy's little girl, Tina. You'll always be five years old to me. Tina, you're such a brain. I hate you because you're so smart. Tina, it's Heather. You're daydreaming again. Stop hogging the bathroom. We're going to be late for school. Boy, girls today suffer greatly from a lack of proper self-image, and it affects every area of their lives. As a parent, we need to view our daughters the way God views them, because they are special, and they are gifted, and they are unique. That's why I want you to have a copy of my free tip sheet called Nine Ways to Make Your Daughter Feel Loved. For a free copy, go to Homeward.com. I'm Jim Burns. Welcome back. I'm Jim Burns. Great conversation today. God's sacred intent for every young woman. That sounds so hyper-spiritual, but I got news for you. This is about relationships and, and about healthy relationships. Leslie Ludy with us, uh, speaker, author of some great books, and lives with her husband, Eric, and their two children in Colorado. Some young women believe that being spiritual means being weak. And I want you to, to talk why you encourage girls to forget that notion altogether. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I used to see Proverbs 31 as kind of like this quiet woman behind the scenes mm. that just kind of stayed out of everybody's way. And certainly there's an element of womanly mystery that allows a man to be strong and allows him to be a leader and doesn't always try to take that position. But the word virtuous woman in Proverbs 31 actually That's translates true. valiant True. And it means mighty and strong. And the word strength is used to describe her like three times in that chapter. Being strong in, in who you are in Christ and being strong for the things that he is strong for, caring about the things that he cares about and hating the things that he hates and standing for something as opposed to just being molded to the pattern of this world. That is the pattern that God has for us as women. No, that's, that's a, a great uh, deal. And some of the practical side is, is that, you know, in some ways we have to give up something that may not be, uh, 
you know, unspiritual, but still not necessarily good for us. Like right. you've taken some time where you're not watching as many things like movies. No, right. it's not in a legalistic way, right. but just simply to go, you know, I'm not going to put a lot of this junk in my head. Yeah. So many girls, that was kind of the point that they started going off track. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll tell me, it's like, I went to the theater. I saw this movie. Yeah. It painted this idea in my head of what a relationship was supposed to be or what a guy was supposed to be like. And I started building my life around that. And I really challenge girls in this book mm-hmm. to look at the influences that they're yeah. allowing to speak to the movies and TV and music and magazines. And when you're filling your mind with the messages of the world, you're going to start thinking like the world. Yeah. Yeah. You you call it uh, coming away. There's a concept coming away from the influence of the culture. Yeah. Uh, Help us understand that in a real practical way. Well, there's a scripture in Song of Solomon that it's sort of the bridegroom wooing the bride Mm -hmm. and saying, come away, my beloved. Mm -hmm. To to really have that relationship with Christ where he is the mainstay of your existence. Mm -hmm. He is your first love. He is the center of your life. You cannot just fit him into random corners of your life Mm -hmm. and live for yourself and live for the pleasures of this world the whole rest of the time. You have to come away from those things. And that doesn't mean you're separate from the world like you never go out you know and you live in a nunnery for the rest of your life right. but it means that in spirit and in heart and in mind and in body and in intent you're focused on a different kingdom you're called to something higher you're one of the few in this generation that doesn't get enticed right. by pop culture trends and doesn't run out to see every latest movie right. and you know build your life around the attractions of this world amy carmichael says that a pure heart is one to which uh, all that is not of God seems strange mm. and jarring. And to most of us, the things all around us that are not of God are comfortable. And we actually like having those things in our life. You know, mm. the movies and the perverted joking and the raunchy music and all of that. That's not strange and jarring to us. I mean, I remember sitting in a movie theater a couple years ago and seeing things just in the previews. You know, it was a PG movie or PG-13 movie, but just in the previews right. that were, you know, either horror movies, which were completely of darkness and just demonic yeah. stuff, or they were perverted and crude bathroom humor or sexual innuendo and realizing being very convicted because I realized that I'd grown comfortable there Mm -hmm. and those things didn't bother me anymore, but yet they grieve the heart of God. You know, it's amazing that you say that. I remember an experience a long time ago where I was watching a movie with my wife and it was, you know, a PG movie or PG-13 or something. And there was a a scene in it where the wife was just kind of a real, you know, crummy person Mm. and the guy was thinking about having an adulterous affair and mm-hmm. I was rooting for the adulterous exactly. affair. Exactly. And all of a sudden I caught my heart because you know I didn't really right. like the wife. Right. And, you know, it's a movie. I mean, <laughs> right. it's made up. But but I went, where has my heart gone where right. I'm kind of going, yeah, dump the, exactly. you know, the crazy lady and go with this one because she's nice. And I thought, yeah. what has happened to my mind? And so many young women, I, I met a girl and talked with her and she said, after seeing so many movies that yeah. portray marriage affairs as beautiful and romantic right. and heroic, she said, you know, I've changed my opinion. I actually think it's okay for you to leave your spouse if you find someone that's really right. more your soulmate. Yeah. And Hollywood had influenced oh, her right. thinking. You know, it's a movie. It's right. made up. You know, start finding people who have had adulterous affairs, who have had, you know, these horrible situations. I mean, you know, it's blowing up marriages. It's blowing up families, right. you know, for generations. Exactly. And yet it's amazing what Hollywood can do. And, and you know, I'm not one of these guys who says, you know, I like movies and I think, sure. you know, it's great to, and I love reading a novel here and there and it doesn't sure. have to be at the end, Billy Graham doesn't have to come on to I love <laughs> right. and adore. But at the same time, I mean, let's face it, we have to be right. careful. And as even as parents, and, and you know, a lot of parents are listening to this program, for our kids, if we're going to help them learn to be set apart, mm-hmm. And as today we're talking about our women, we have to listen to what they listen to, watch what they watch, read what they read. We've exactly. got to know what's going on exactly. you know, in the culture. Now, you strive to shake women out of this kind of lackadaisical Christian walk um, into what you call femininity's 
heroic call. When I think of femininity at first, I think of somebody who's, it's like 1980, or excuse me, 18, you know, 50. Right. And they're in this, you know. <laughs> high collar. High collar. Yeah, they're walking and they're <laughs> right. beautiful. And, you know, they, right. they walk, you know, two inches off the ground like and all that. Like a peacock. <laughs> exactly. And, and that seems kind of lackadaisical. Yeah. You're not talking about that kind yeah. of person with femininity. Right. Well, I talk about something in the book called feminine mystique. And mm. it is very different than being arrogant and aloof and never talking to a man or looking at yourself as above everybody else. It's guarding the things that are sacred to, to God about mm. like what we were saying earlier, guarding your body, your mind, your hearts, being set apart first and foremost for Christ and then to a, a man. Mm. And you will be mysterious and beautiful and fascinating without having to wear, you know, the the, right. the amazing clothes and walk a certain way just from what flows from the inside right. out. And when I talk about femininity's heroic call, I'm talking about living beyond yourself. This life is more than just about you. And unfortunately, even in the Christian culture, the messages that are coming to young women and older women are, it's all about you. You're the most important thing in the world. And it's very important that our heart is healed and we, we get past the wounds of our past and we understand how valuable we are to Christ, but that's only the beginning. And once we're redeemed and transformed and set free, our life is meant to be about something bigger than us. If you look at the gospel and the pattern of scripture, it's a poured out life. Christ goes where there's need, where there's the lost and the least and the dying and the oppressed all around the world. And he pours out for them. He seeks and he saves the lost. And he calls us to go and to do the same, to seek and to save the lost, to be his hands and feet to this world. And I think as in approaching young women, we've made the mistake of just trying to entertain them and coddle them and make them feel like this life is all about them and that they can spend all their time downloading music and going to the mall. And the, the thing that brings fulfillment is when they get outside of themselves and they begin to serve people that are far less fortunate than they are. There are 145 million orphans around the world. There are 27 million slaves. There, I mean, people in modern world that are sold into slavery of some kind, there are 2 million children that are in slave prostitution around this world. And there are things that we can do even as teenagers and singles and young adults, if we're willing to open our eyes and say, I'm going to get outside of myself and say, what can I do for those who are really in need around this world? How can I be a portrayal of the gospel with my life instead of just me, 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 me. That's the heroic call that God has upon every young woman. And so many young, young women come alive when they realize that he has that call upon their life and they can do something that actually changes the world for eternity, even if they only change one life. Wow. Leslie Louie, you have made me a believer in this time. Thank you so much Thank for you. Uh, helping us understand that and for your message. And I just hope this message gets out to hundreds of thousands of people. This is, this is a great message. Thank, Thank you, you very much. That concludes Dr. Jim Burns' two-part conversation with author and speaker Leslie Ludi here on the Homeward Broadcast. Our theme has been God's sacred intent for every young woman. You can learn more about Leslie's writing and speaking when you go to homeward.com. We have a link on the radio broadcast tab to Leslie's site so you can learn more about the ministry that she and her husband Eric have and uh, pictures of them and their adorably cute, ridiculously cute kids. Uh, it's, just, it's, it's so refreshing, Jim, to see this happening with these kids. And I know that as we talk about being intentional in areas like sexual purity and set-apart femininity, another area that uh, parents need to be intentional about with kids is talking about the S word, stewardship and money. And we've got some resources to share about that. Well, you're right, Roger. And I'm very excited about them. I know a lot of families have really been impacted by the challenges in this particular economy. Yeah. And you know what? I believe that these changes can lead to a lot of 
what I would call teachable moments for our kids, for our grandkids, and even for our own lives regarding stewardship and just how important it is. Stewardship is more than just an issue of how you spend your money. It involves how you invest your time, how you care for the most important relationships in your life as well. And that starts with our relationship with God. But it's so key to so many things about our life. And Homeward has created a brand new set of tip sheets. I'm very excited about it. The tip sheets are about money and stewardship. And they're based on a series of well-known Bible stories that should be fairly easy for your kids to understand. But they also include some very practical tips for your whole family. You can start looking at these issues like giving and saving and even investing from more of an eternal perspective. Great new tip sheets. They certainly are, Jim. Very helpful, too. And I know that for as many parents as have contacted us about oh, sexual purity and things of that nature, I mean, stuff we always talk about or how to help your uh, kids navigate a divorce or maybe a bully at school. Th- these issues with money are becoming more common as parents are looking at their kids who are growing up in a materialistic culture. They're wondering about, uh, you know, go, where do we go to college and what happens after that? What kind of careers to pick? Kids are asking more questions about money. What better way for them to start that dialogue than when they're young or if they're in their teen years and you haven't had it before to have a conversation about this? Our friends at Steadfast Companies, a leading real estate investment trust company, have put these tip sheets together. Go to homeward.com, articles and media section, search Steadfast, S-T-E-A-D-F-A-S-T, and then you'll follow the prompts and find the tip sheets. You can use them any way you want to. Learn more when you go to homewrd.com. Well, please know how much we appreciate your prayers and your ongoing financial support of Homeward. You can give a gift through our secure website at homeward.com. You can also mail your tax-deductible donation to Homeward, Post Office Box 1600, San Juan Capistrano, California, 92693. You can also friend me on Facebook, and if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can now get my tweets, 140 characters of positive words about parenting, marriage, and faith. Until next time, I'm Jim Burns. Thanks for tuning in today to Homeward. Homeward with Jim Burns is a production of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family at Azusa Pacific University.